What would you give to increase sales by 8% of your restaurant? Restaurants leveraging the power of Yelp Guest Manager paired with Yelp ads. Enjoy up to an 8% monthly lift in diner bookings through Yelp. It makes sense, right? Millions of people use Yelp every day to find restaurants. And they're using that same trusted platform to book reservations and add themselves to wait lists. Your restaurant could be busier today. To learn more, visit restaurants.yelp.com forward slash podcast or call 877-571-9357 and quote podcast. Yelp Internal Data 2021. Based on average results from a sample study of restaurants with guest manager that purchased Yelp ads between April and July 2021 in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and New York City. Results may vary. Now here we go. There's tons of time for people to meet and greet, just congregate, and just come together as a community because that's in addition to the actual content and the educational program, coming together and seeing each other and bringing the community together is just as important as the educational piece. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. Brad Netzker has been the glue binding our industry together for more than a decade. He and his team have helped set the trajectory for countless chefs, owners, and operators, helping them build the teams they need to thrive. He's one part career counselor, one part therapist, and one part big brother. And when he decided to bring our industry together by creating a first of its kind conference in Los Angeles, everyone was impressed, but no one was surprised. Today we sit down with Brad, his partner in crime Jackie, and celebrity chef Burt Backman to discuss what it takes to create community on this scale and why it's desperately needed in this moment. I'm Brad Metzger. I am the founder of Brad Metzger Restaurant Solutions Hospitality Recruitment and LA Chef Conference and California editor for reggaeville.com. <laughs> right on. Jackie, introduce yourself. My name is Jackie Lianza, and I have been with BMRS since 2014 after many years of working in operations, and I'm currently the managing partner. And Bert, will you introduce yourself, sir? I'm Bert Backman, a barbecue guy out of Slab Barbecue here in Los Angeles with the H Hood Group. We started with barbecue, and now we're, you know, like the smoke. We've gone everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here to talk about LA Chefs Conference. And I know why Brad's here, because Brad started, and I know why Jackie's here, because Jackie works with Brad. But Bert, why are you here? What about this conference inspired you to not only participate, but to advocate for it? Well, first of all, I'm a big, big, big supporter of all things LA and all things food and all things creative. I fell onto this barbecue journey, which led me to many places. Among one of them is right here with you guys. And of course, to connecting with Brad, which we did in about 2018 or so. And with this event that was coming up, it was so exciting, you know, because it was a place that was going to be where all these great people that I always admired would be in one place right here in Los Angeles. A great opportunity for me to meet so many people. And when Brad, we spoke at a few events and places and he suggested to taking some part in this event that was coming up. At the time in 2019, I was so excited. 
we met, we talked about it so many times, we bounced back and forth so many ideas. And then, of course, you know, it was the 2020 event, actually, of course, that uh, we were going to do. And then things happened, how things happened, and time went by. And, and then I remember Brad telling me, like, hey, man, you know, we're going to do it at this date. And then something changed. It kept getting postponed. So we didn't know when this was going to come back, if it was going to come back. And so it's amazing that it is back, that it is here. And it seems like it's going to be even stronger and better than it would have been in 2020. And to be here, it's really kind of like a full circle moment that we've waited for so long. And I'm just as excited as ever to be in this environment, this event with all these great people, like I said, all these great chefs and people who... I'm assuming are a lot like me who see things, I suppose, like I do and maybe think like I do. And I'm looking forward to seeing how other people see and think and learn from them. I'm definitely coming in with two ears and one mouth, like my grandmother used to say, and, and listen and learn. So I'm very excited, very excited about this. Well, and Brad, if we're to flash back to the inception of LA Chef Con, the idea on its face, honestly, sounds terrifying. Let's get a bunch of chefs and restaurateurs together in a room and let them talk about work for five hours. Maybe we'll pepper in a little bit of food, a little bit of alcohol, and let's see how that shit goes. What was the initial inspiration for LA Chef Con? What itch were you trying to scratch? What hole did you see that needed to be filled within our industry? Well, I have been to really all the big events throughout the country, such as Star Chefs Congress in New York and the Aspen Food and Wine American Express Trade Program. There was a really good event, Eat Drink SF up in San Francisco. We've never had anything quite like this in LA. And when the 2018 LA Times Food Bowl started bubbling up and started the planning on that, I was friendly with Amy Scattergood from the LA Times food section. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, you know, I'm seeing what you guys are putting up you know, online about the program, it doesn't look like there's anything specific to the industry. It's all consumer type events. What if we did like an LA chef conference? And I remember because I was at the farmer's market on Sunday, I remember that moment that the idea came to me and I actually emailed her right at that time. And within 10 minutes, she emailed back and said, wow, that's a great idea. Let's do this. So we partnered with the LA Times Food Bowl team for the 2018 event and it was small. It was at IPIC Theater in Westwood. And it was a very small fraction. It was 100 attendees. It ended up being invite only. It was really, really great. But what made that possible was Sherry Yard, who was with IPIC at the time, because we needed a venue. And we thought, actually, my wife, Linda, actually came up with the idea of movie theaters, because they're very, very conducive to what we do because of the you know, the format of a movie theater and the seating and the sound is all right there. It's all integrated. Movie theaters work really, really well for this. And when she brought up the idea of a movie theater, I was like, oh my gosh, Sherry is over at IPIC. I called Sherry. She's like, absolutely, let's do it. And I'll help out. You guys know Sherry Yard. She's always game for pretty much anything. So supportive of the industry. And that's how it all started back in 2018. And when you look back at that first event, how would you rate it? How well do you think you did? What lessons did you learn from that event that you began to implement in subsequent events? We learned that something like this was absolutely needed, and we needed to include more than just 100 invitees only. So that's when we 
jumped to the Arclight Cinemas at the Santa Monica Place. So we took the whole movie theme, right? And we started brainstorming, okay, where could we have more people and where are their movie theaters? And well, I live in Santa Monica, so I remembered that the Gourmandise Cooking School is up there on that third level of the Santa Monica Place. And that's when I said, oh my gosh, we can include cooking demos too. So I reached out to that team, Clemence, Sabrina, Claire, the team over there who I was friendly with as well. And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that'd be amazing. Let's do this. We're very close with the team here at the Santa Monica Place and at Arclight. Let me check it out with them. Again, everyone's super, super supportive. And that was just a perfect, perfect location. So that was the 2019 event. And what we did was we went from 100 people to 600 people. And we basically took over three of the restaurants up on that third level. And we basically spread out lunch over those three restaurants. And you know what? It was a huge success. The format, the location worked perfectly. The cooking demos, being outside and having things spread out was also really, really nice. We did an after party at the Viceroy in Santa Monica. And one thing I really would have loved to do would be to have the after party there at the location of the LA ChefCon. So that was one thing we wanted to maybe improve on and it was a little difficult to do up there, but we definitely plan to do it there again for 2020. So that was all set, we were all ready to go. The difference there was we were gonna all walk down to 12.12 for the after party on the promenade. So that was about a three block walk and we had that all set up, Jackie's smiling right now. We had some amazing stuff planned for that event. We're gonna blow people away. And of course, we had to cancel about three weeks before. Restaurateurs are built with massive amounts of optimism and massive amounts of skepticism. And so the whole time you're talking, I'm sure everybody's thinking like, what's in it for you? You're a recruiter. You're not a chef. You're not a restaurateur. And so assuming this isn't an altruistic endeavor, what's in it for you? There's two points on that. One is as a company, we have always, from day one, been super, super involved in the community. We're not only just a hospitality recruiting firm and we do our thing. We've always, from day one, we've been super involved in the very beginning with the Western Food Expo when that was really big. We hosted cooking demos. We hosted panels. One thing I really missed, which I loved, was the waiters races every year at Taste of the Nation, the No Kid Hungry event in Culver City. We hosted those for a long time. So that just comes naturally. That's like a given to me. You know what I mean? We have to support the industry, be involved in the industry, help the industry. That's always been super important to me. That's the first thing. And then the other point is anything I do, I go a hundred thousand percent. I cannot rest unless I'm doing something to the nth degree. And that just comes from inside of me and my soul. So once we're doing this event, like I have to keep adding on to things, adding on to the event. How could we make it better? What can we do differently? How could the food be better? How could the program be better? Who do we want? Who are the most important people, you know, speakers that we can have speaking to these important points? I'm ravenous with it when it comes to like podcasts. I listen to pretty much every one of your podcasts, Josh. Big fan of Andrew Friedman. Just as an example, Andrew had an amazing, amazing talk with Roy Choi about Restaurant Reset. So we had to include that. Unfortunately, Roy wanted to be involved. He can't be involved. So we're having Andrew come and do a talk with Mary Sue Milliken, and we're going to incorporate the audience 
questions and comments into that. But again, it's just like not being able to rest unless something is done the absolute best way that it can be done. It's an obsession. Jackie, what do you enjoy from the process? Yes. And I will confirm that it is an obsession for Brad and he thinks about it 24 seven, as we all do. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I mean, I think all of those reasons, the community is so important to us. And I think as a group, even though we're recruiters, it's super important for us to give back. And many of us, almost all of us on our team came from an operational background. So even though we're not in operations anymore, and I can speak for myself for sure, I miss it. I think about all of these topics and have really important conversations with our clients, even when we're working on positions with them about what's happening in the industry. And so it's important for us to stay on top of what's happening. And this is an amazing opportunity for us to come together. And like Bert said earlier, educate ourselves, educate each other. So that's certainly a big reason why we do it. Well, and Bert, I follow your career closely. You seem like a man with tons of free time on his hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is, it's a real commitment. I think this is a great opportunity to, one, talk about the level of investment that you have in this, which is wow. massive in terms of time and preparation, but also you're engaging in the conference in three different ways. I'd love for you to talk about that as well. I am, like uh, Brad said, I'm very heavily involved with this, which is amazing. I've always cooked. I've always admired the art of cooking, the time travel element of cooking that I talk about so much. And, you know, had you told me 10 years ago that this is what my life would be like now, and these are the experiences and the opportunities that I would have, I wouldn't have believed you because it was never an intention. It was never a thought. I never thought this would happen. But of course, I guess this is why my parents came here, I guess, for anything, anywhere, anything is possible. So an event like this, I suppose people are looking in different ways, but it's basically Brad asked me, like, hey, do you want to come and cook for people like Govin Armstrong, which I really always admire, and Aitor Zavala or Wolfgang Puck or... Josiah Citrin and all these people like, you know, so imagine you're in high school and somebody tells you, hey, there's going to be a party tomorrow and your favorite band or bands are going to be there. Right. So, of course, you're going. I'm not going to do what my mom asked me. I'm not doing the chores. I'm going straight to the party. I'm willing to get in trouble. And that trouble, I suppose, is hard work in this case. I love large format cooking, you know, to cook a large amount of meat for all these amazing people. And like, you know, if I'm going to slice a slice of anything, even if it's white bread with mayo, and I'm going to hand it to Stephanie Izard or Simarusti or any of these guys, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be amazing. For me, either way, it's going to be fantastic. So it's a great opportunity for me. It's a great opportunity, obviously, of course, for my team and for our group uh, and whoever will be there to get in a sandbox which I love calling it that, to get in a sandbox with these people and to be part of this conversation. You know, it's an opportunity for us to bring our barbecue to everybody else, to our peers, hang out, spend some time, laugh a little, maybe hear some cries, you know, some stories that maybe make you cry a little. That's it. So it's a great opportunity. Uh, I'm excited. It's not that much. How much beef are we cooking already? A few hundred pounds? No problem. He's He's uh-huh. being so modest, though, because he's not just cooking. He's on a, one of our main panels called At the Pass, Meet the Next Generation of LA's Industry Leaders. 
So let's talk about those panels and unpack it a little bit. Brad, can you talk to me about the different panels that you guys are going to be hosting? Yeah, I'll tell you about a few of them. Well, we have Wolfgang Puck doing a conversation with Sherry Yard. We have Conceptualizing Tomorrow, the Future of the Restaurant Model, moderated by Paul Pruitt. We have Katiana Hong from Yangban Society on there. We have Jeff Goodman from American Gonzo, Alex Cantor, founder of Next Bite. We're talking about next generation stuff of what's happening with the restaurant model. We have six-figure sous chef crisis in the labor market, which is extremely timely right now. Restaurant reset, like I mentioned, we have one of my favorite ones, which I really, really wanted to do for a couple of years, change for good, industry leaders making a difference. We have Kim Prince on there, founder of Hot Bill Chicken and also co-founder of Regarding Her. We have Othan Nalasco, co-founder of Know Us Without You, Alicia Harshfeld, executive director of California Restaurant Foundation, Billy Aris on there. We have When Dinner is the Show, Food as Performance Art, moderated by Andy Wong, with John Yao, Josiah Citrin, and Ayator Zabala. Those are some of the main panels. Then we have eight different chefs doing cooking demos, including Jeff Tila, Govan Armstrong, Rashida Holmes. We also have the chef art auction, and that's 12 different chefs and restaurant employees providing art. And the beneficiary of that is Know Us Without You, an amazing charity that grew with the pandemic, benefiting undocumented workers. And we have some amazing chefs and other restaurant employees that do art or jewelry. We have Hector Camacho, who was a maitre d' at the grill on the alley for like 25 years or longer. And him and I worked together when I worked at the grill on the alley in Beverly Hills. And he does incredible, incredible jewelry. So he'll be donating five different pieces of jewelry that people can purchase. We have Hugo Balanes, who does some incredible drawings. Hillary Henderson was a longtime chef at Cut. She does art. We have Jeff Mahan, who does art. Naisha Arrington has donated a piece. Seeing what was possible and going from good to great, you're going to learn something. Hearing different perspectives from different people in the group have inspired ideas or concepts that I've used since then that there's no way I would have ever come up with on my own. You pull it out of this as much as possible. When the well is dry, you pour a bucket in there and then tell us, now get it out. We could have been just as lost as when we started if all we got was, here's how to do it, go. These folks are independent restaurateurs, just like you, but they have one massive advantage that you don't. They have a proven plan. I'm launching my next restaurant marketing mastermind that brings together 12 owners and operators looking to massively scale revenue by working with me and by working with each other. This mastermind is so effective, we offer a money back guarantee. So if you're interested in scaling your restaurant's revenue with a program that is guaranteed to work, apply today at restaurantmarketingmastermind.com. Again, that's restaurantmarketingmastermind.com. You might think being on the line and filling those tickets is the thing you need to do for your restaurant, but every burger you make is a marketing call or video that you didn't make to drive more sales into your restaurant to make things better. You know, one of the questions that I wanted to ask, but I'm going to go ahead and answer for myself publicly is how did the pandemic change the conference? And if you were to ask me as an outsider looking in as a past attendee of the conference, I think attendance at the conference went from optional to mandatory. I think that having conferences like this were a nice to have pre-pandemic and 
At this point, it's a need to have. I interviewed a guy named Vern Harnish at the very top of the pandemic. One of the things that he said about the pandemic and the issues that we were facing is that these aren't things we need to work through or think about. The the true solutions within our industry are going to be found through conversation. And I think that that's one of the most exciting parts about conferences like this that are so dynamic in nature is they exist to spur conversation, both in terms of platform, but also you've created spaces for individuals to have conversations throughout the event. Talk to me about what it takes to create an event that fosters community in this way. I mean, I think that we have been very thoughtful about panel discussions, the spaces that we're creating. I mean, this year, something different that we're doing that we haven't done in the past is we have a networking room. So in that same space where we will have the chef art auction, we'll have a space where people can come together throughout the day and just network. Obviously, the Jonathan Club is enormous and has lots of amazing spaces where we'll have different activations. So there'll be lots of opportunities for people to come together and have discussions even outside of the panels. Additionally, something that we wanted to do this year was add an event app. So we're using an event app that's powered through Whova. So all attendees will have access to know who else is going to be at the event and connect with them that way. And maybe they want to do a meetup after the event or participate in a community board where we've added questions for discussion, even pre-conference. So we're hoping to kind of add some additional interaction that way as well. One thing that we adjusted after 2019 is we received so many comments from people that yes, they enjoyed the content, they enjoyed the panels, they enjoyed the food, they enjoyed the demos and all that. But it was so amazing to come and see so many people that they've worked with for years or you know they haven't seen in years or friends from the industry. That was a recurring theme. So when we started planning for 2020, and of course, for this 2022, we really adjusted and we increased the free time. Every period where there's open time and not a session, we increase. So the registration and coffee, we increase from 30, 45 minutes to an hour. Each break in between sessions previously was maybe 20 minutes. Now it's 30, 35 minutes. The lunch is two hours and 15 minutes. The after party is three hours. So there's tons of time for people to meet and greet, just congregate and just come together as a community because that's in addition to the actual content and the educational program, coming together and seeing each other and bringing the community together is just as important as the educational piece. Well, and I also want to provide context here because in the pre-interview, I was like, how many people are going to be attending? And you guys said 600. And I said, I'm sure there's an army of people working on this. How many people have put this project together? And you responded with two to three, which is (laughs) absolutely incredible. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about how it's humanly possible to create something on this scale with these people involved. And everyone's got a full-time job, right? How do you pull it together? How do you do it? It's very, very difficult. And it will never happen again like this because I cannot do it again. The way we've done it. <laughs> so it needs to happen in a different fashion because it's just a ton of work and detail, the level of detail. I mean, we're creating and designing 
probably about a hundred signs with headshots and logos and the dish names and all this detail. And there's a very, very exclusive launch party the night before, which is a whole other very, very special event. So there's that as well. It's just, yes, you're right. It's a ton of work. It's passion. It's an obsession. I don't think we could do it if it weren't an obsession. And I thank Jackie so much for all that she is doing and pulling it all together and the detail, the computer work and the event app and the ticketing. There's just so many aspects to it. And every aspect really needs to be done right or else the event won't come together. We also have a woman named Joanne Chinchilli. She's helping with the food piece. She's been amazing. I have a second cousin who's helped with the website, Jamie Rubin. So I got to give shout outs to all these people who have helped out. My wife for putting up with me during these three, four months. It's not easy because I'm working nonstop. So yes, it's tough. And also our team, because we wouldn't be able to do this without, like you said, we have full-time jobs. We're a recruiting company. That's what we do. So we have our amazing team of recruiters who are doing what they need to do to keep the business going, filling positions and doing an amazing job. And so we would not be able to do what we do for LA Chef Conference without them. So a huge thank you to all of our team, Allie and Hannah and Lee and Madeline and Lauren. I think it's worth bringing to light because I think there are a lot of people listening to this that would say, oh, you know, I would love to do something like that within my community, but I don't have an army of people that can help facilitate it. And it doesn't take an army. It should but it doesn't have to. And I think that that's a really big lesson from this. I'm sure one of the questions that is glaringly obvious is you guys have listed off so many amazing people that are involved in this. How do you do that? How do you get Wolfgang Puck involved in all of these massive names? We know why Bert does it, but why is everybody else participating? I promise you, you I'm going to jump in, but my answer would be very similar to everybody else's answer. And you know, all these great people are participating. All these people that I consider masters that I've got to be around, I saw that they also are there to see what they can learn. They don't come in with the attitude like, hey, I'm Wolfgang Puck. Let me tell you how it is. I cooked with Wolf yesterday. I had an event with Wolfgang Puck and Francis Mallman. We were barbecuing for 24 hours. And these guys asked questions not very different than anybody else. They would ask questions because they have their methods, they have their experience, and they also kind of like break that idea that you can't teach an older, or like an old dog new tricks. They're always learning. You know, all these guys are there to learn that. They're always growing and they understand that this is a lifelong journey for excellence. And I think if you would ask Aitor or Josiah or Wolf or anybody else, I think you would have the essence of that answer from all of them. Well, and that begs the question, what does a successful conference look like to you, Bert? What are you hoping to get out of it? A successful conference to me, I think will be just like a whole book. I can go through an entire book of three, 400 pages, and it will be just for one sentence that will be in that book that will stick with me. That one little nugget that will stick with me. It could be a smell for me. It could be a sound. It could be a color pattern combination. I could taste something. It could be something that at some point I will come across, that I hope to come across, that will improve me in overall being that I am, whether I'm painting, whether I'm cooking, whether I'm parenting, 
husbanding, whatever it is that I'm doing, that I'll pick something up that will improve it. Even if it's just to improve how I'm making eggs for my kids in the morning, whatever it is. And that's that every day. If we can learn something. And that's the thing. It could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. You just have to be, you know, have your eyes open and look out for it. So if I come home with a couple of ideas, a couple of theories, a couple of new relationships, contacts, friendships, it's a win. For me, it's already, it's a win that I was invited to this. I'm happy to be it, but it's, it's going to be great. That's what I look for. I love that. Brad? I mean, I think us executing as we are planning to execute. I want things to go smoothly. I want everything to happen the way I envision in my mind. Of course, there's always glitches, but I hope it doesn't rain because we're outside. I really, really hope, knock on wood right now. Yeah, I just want everyone to come and have a great time and just want things to go smoothly. Because I know if they go smoothly, it will be off the hook, amazing, because of what we have planned. So for me, I'm just in that mode of, okay, what can we do now to set things up for success to go smoothly? We try to think through so many granular details in terms of even when, you know, when Bert drives up and goes into the valet with his stuff and all that, what exactly is going to happen? Okay. We try to control everything as much as possible because the Jonathan Club in downtown, it's a very big place and there's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot to the Jonathan Club. So we want every experience to be smooth and we want him to pull in. We want to have someone greet him from our team, instruct him where to go to put his stuff, make sure his stuff is labeled properly in a walk-in. Okay, which walk-in? We try to think through every detail because we want things to go smoothly and planning is the ultimate way to make that happen. Jackie? Yeah, so obviously from a planning perspective, we want it all to go smoothly as Brett has mentioned. But just from our offerings, I want to walk away knowing that people have gotten to take what they wanted out of it. And we try to do that by offering different experiences, whether it's the cooking demos or someone might enjoy a panel more, or, you know, I'm already seeing people in the app, they're starting to plan out their agendas and select what they want to visit throughout the day. So I just hope that people are able to enjoy the variety of things that are offered throughout the day. And for me, I think my favorite part of the day, we're so busy during the conference. My favorite part is the end of the day, getting to enjoy the after party and starting to make those connections. Like Bert mentioned, it might be just walking away with a few extra new people who I might know. And that happened in 2019 after Arclight when we went to the Viceroy. And I so vividly remember those conversations of people who said how much they enjoyed the conference and we exchanged numbers and they became friends and industry colleagues and clients. And so I really look forward to that. We even hired one young lady, Sarah Wells, who's actually going to come back and help, but we hired her as a BMRS employee who was with us up until the pandemic. And we have had such a good relationship with her. She's going to be coming back to help actually for the conference. And we met her at 2019 conference. Just one more thing too, I want to say is we really have to thank the team at the Jonathan club, the host chef, Andreas Roller, the event director, Shane, these guys have been absolutely amazing. It really would not be possible without these guys. We are so thankful. The venue is extremely, extremely special. Everyone's going to see that when they come. And it wouldn't be possible without them. We really thank them and their whole team. I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to ask all three of you 
about the current state of the industry. I think all three of you have your ear to the ground. You're all deeply involved in it in a variety of ways. Where do you think things are today and where do you see them going? I'm very happy that I got to experience, get a taste of the industry before BC and before Corona and during and now as we're going to after Corona, things have definitely changed. I think time will say, I don't know if I can give a definitive answer necessarily if it gotten better or worse, but things are different. I think our interaction with the customer changed. Our restaurant, for instance, our barbecue place definitely became more of a takeout where we used to think about certain large spaces for our future locations. We are now looking at smaller locations. Our current is 1,250 square feet, which is pretty small. We are looking for spaces that are six, seven, ten thousand 10,000 square feet as we are going into Corona. And now we have three locations that are coming up and they're all about 1,000 to 1,200 square feet. So that changed. We were going to go for a bigger space. We are going in a different route. So I think a change for a lot of people also brought out the best in a lot of people cooks and chefs that started to cook at home. A lot of people really got honed their skills, got even better. You know, it's just like any other time, you know, industrial revolutions, any other revolution that goes by, I think we're going through some kind of a tech revolution. I don't know how you would label it, but that's what I see going on. And, and I'll see it now. We have automated service that's happening. So I don't know. Will I be replaced? Will our team be replaced? I don't think so. At least not for barbecue. People love that barbecue, but they love that experience. Brad and Jackie, what are you guys saying? So I think that it's definitely sped up technology hugely, which is maybe a good thing in the long run. I think there's still a huge demand. I mean, a lot of the restaurants are packed now. I think that it's really forced people to fine tune and really improve their operations. I think that people need to get used to paying more for food and service, for sure, 100%. And I think that's happening now. But I think that it could be a little dangerous if things get way more expensive than they are now, because things are very expensive. I mean, it's definitely more expensive to go out for a nice dinner than it used to be. But I think also it's brought the industry closer together. There's a lot of great organizations that have sprouted up, like the IRC and plenty of organizations. I think that's really been great. So I think in the end, it's going to make the industry stronger. Jackie? Yeah. I mean, I think that we're seeing a wide variety of things in the industry from more use of technology to different footprints for restaurants. We are still seeing a ton of restaurant openings, which is so interesting from big restaurants to smaller restaurants to fine dining chefs who are doing fast casual as they grow their businesses, which is super interesting. But I also don't think that higher level of dining is going away because I, I think the guests like those experiences still. From a staffing perspective, we're still struggling. I think we're struggling going into the pandemic with talent. And it is probably harder than it's ever been to staff restaurants from an hourly to management level. And salaries are increasing and minimum wage is going up. So I think as operators, we're going to have to get super creative and how we're staffing restaurants. And then also, I think employees, what they want culturally and from their employers is changing, has changed during the pandemic. So I think employers 
have really taken note of that and are making policy changes and changing benefits and perks to really improve quality of life for the team. That's Brad, Jackie, and celebrity chef Bert Backman. For more on LA ChefCon, visit lachefconference.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.